0: Hello and welcome to the Gaming Trend Podcast. In this podcast, we talk about the latest games we could get our hands on, games in our backlog we should have played a long time ago, and games you absolutely need to play. Thanks for joining us. My name is Anthony Shelton, and I am joined by Noah Rigsby. Noah, how you doing?
1: Doing good. Doing good. Just got back from New York, so getting back to, you know, the old Tennessee the adjustment is being made so yeah
0: doing good what's the weather difference between new york and tennessee
1: about the same to be completely honest like we usually get around 91 92 here right now and the two days i was up there it was 89 90 so about the same surprisingly it rained a couple of days before i got up there which was nice that it ended as i flew in so
0: hot rain is the worst (laughs) i can imagine it's awful when it's hot it's oh it's everything Ah, yeah it's it's, that's its own problem all right we also have our newest co-host today dominique McLean. how are you doing
2: i'm doing well thank you very much i just had a celebration for my younger brother's birthday party and i had a bunch of cake and ice cream which is good with the sweltering 100 degree houston weather so
0: yeah add some rain to that then it's a lot of fun there you go (laughs) happy birthday to your younger brother as well thank you all right and of course david burdett our lead editor how are you doing
3: i am doing quite well i actually have been going through so there's lots of great just music in general you like to listen to and whatnot but I finally decided. You know what? I'm gonna make a playlist called David's Video Game Bangers because you got to have some good music in there. Uh, I, and I okay. was just, I was just curious, what everybody else's go to video game music is. Like mm. you got to have a couple songs in there that you like. Uh, like I know for me, recently the new Final Fantasy Find the Flame song is just awesome. Uh, they did a fantastic job with that one. Uh, Blood Upon the Snow from God of War is just incredible. Uh, I threw Face My Fears from uh, the Kingdom Hearts 3 soundtrack. Mm, yep. as well. Recognize the
0: title as soon as you said it.
3: <laughs> as well as uh, I had to do the old, and I know it's not necessarily in the game, but the spoiler song from the 2018 Cyberpunk 2077 trailer it's just got the really nice beats to it and that that thing is just awesome so uh, those are a couple of mine what what do y'all got on deck that that just your go-to video game songs could be soundtrack could be that
0: i have meant to post something about this on threads i i did write that street fighter six is a vibe part of that is the music the (laughs) music is phenomenal i'm currently stuck on genbu temple and cammy's uh character music that is the soundtrack of my life right now (laughs) so um but i've also been listening to oh what was the other one well the space for the unbound is one of them the other one ah, i can't remember off the top of my head but uh yeah street fighter six currently is rocking my headphones nice
2: Uh, i guess for me like anything like caravan palace i enjoy that uh, it's like a like a band, their swamp band, and they have like a lot of uh, like electro swing music going on. It's really fun.
0: Ooh, electro swing. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. It hits. <laughs> it swings.
2: <laughs> oh, my God, that's a good one.
1: <laughs> uh, I guess for mine, it should come as no surprise to any of you, but the Persona 4 and Persona 5 soundtracks <laughs> yes. are. B4. Makes sense. The B4. classic. So. It just stays. It
0: doesn't move. It it's always rotates. in your playlist.
1: Always, Got it. always. Yeah, I'm I'm currently
3: looking at it. I have two and a half hours of it, so I'm good for <sighs> the next trip.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's real nice. Yeah, that's literally what I fell asleep to on the airplane was snowflakes from Persona Four Golden. So.
2: Wow, yeah, that's a good one.
0: Very nice. All right, let's get started. It's time to bring out the Wheel of Segments. The Wheel of Segments is our infallible topic, chooser. If you're listening, we have a wheel with several topics on it. We'll spin the wheel and talk about that topic. Here are our topics for the day. A space for the Unbound, Vanilla Beast Ace in the Hole, Warhammer 40K Bolt Gun, Moving Out to Classified France 44, and the ongoing ever-present never-ending Microsoft versus everything, FTC, (laughs) Activate, whatever, all that stuff. So let's see what the wheel gives us first. (laughs) Don't, don't. Don't get yourself dizzy, oh. David. Oh!
3: <laughs> Dominique, Don't it's the me. star. All yeah. right. <laughs> and okay. It's actually. I think it's actually. It's not Ace in the Hole. It's actually Retro Knockout. Yeah, or retro Something knockout. like that.
0: There were two different ones. I apologize for that. I wasn't sure. I should have asked, but I didn't have time while I was at work. But okay. So this <laughs> is. Uh, go ahead, Dominique. What is this?
2: Okay, so. <laughs> So, basically, it's developed by um, Vanilla Beast Game. Um, the game is Vanilla Beast Retro Knockout or Retro KO. Um, it's basically like a retro parody game of Mike Tyson's um, Punch-Out. And um, I guess I've never really played any games like this. I've never played, like, Mike Tyson Punch-Out before. But um, I know my, bo- my father is a really big fan of... He said he spent hours in the arcade um, playing this game. And um, basically getting on was very, um, I guess it was a, like, I had to have a lot of skills to um, like, do the fights and stuff like that. Um, but basically it's basically a Mike Tyson's Punch-Out parody and uh, think of it uh, with the obscenity of leisure suits larry (laughs) it's definitely like a mature type game uh don't cue this up with your children please (laughs) even with the censored version but putting raunchiness aside and i love the jokes oh
3: i was just gonna say they actually had porn stars attached to this game yeah well the previous game and i'm assuming since it didn't get fully funded they kept them for this one
2: yeah I, i saw like I joined their discord to ask like just a couple questions and I saw like some of the things they were affiliated with and I was just like, okay, well, you know, the game's fun, you know? So <laughs> it's fun, you know, sure it is. you know, putting, putting the, you know, the obscenity aside, but I enjoyed the jokes and the Easter eggs. And um, basically what drew me to the game was the pixel art. I love pixel art, uh, Games that grasp my eye are like uh, Legend of Zelda Minish Cab, Sea of Stars, which is something coming out, a game coming out soon. And this game really drew me in with that, um, with the art and the backgrounds were just super elaborate. Um, but, like, I guess that's not the main, the main core is actually the boxing part, which I found kind of challenging. It was super rough to get. Um, I guess get a hang of it. Like, like I the first four fights I was super frustrated the whole time. I literally had to turn the game off because I was like, this is not working out for me. And it came to a point where I got my notebook out and I started writing down the patterns of the fighters so I can get, you know, like a hang of it. And like I finally got it. I finally, I was like, bullet one, he's doing like, he's, he's punching once here. He's punching twice. I was pausing the game, writing in increments of like their patterns and sequences. Yeah. It it gets technical. And, um, you know, I was unleashing like powerful combos. I, I was finally getting it. And of course, once you get like one fight, the next fight is completely different. And like, you gotta learn that one. So Like, the variety of, like, the fights really kept the game fresh and very fun. Um, That's one thing I adored about it. Uh, It wasn't, it didn't get boring, like, at all. Like, at first I was like, this is going to get repetitive. But, like, each fighter had their own, like, I guess, technique of making me more angry and enticing me to keep, you know, turning it on and trying to fight them you know so that was it was it was fun though i enjoyed it a lot
0: uh, once you've wrote <laughs> down all the the technicalities <laughs> and bullet points and patterns of which that's a phenomenal thing to do i have never even <laughs> thought to do something like that I the Elden it,
3: Ring star- strats.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right um I, yeah i didn't know that was a thing uh. Did it? Did it feel unfair? Did the difficulty feel unfair, even once you figured it out? Or once you figured it out, it felt like no, I could beat it. Not necessarily the AI was meant to kind of cheat.
2: So, in my opinion, after writing down like their patterns, like some of them, you okay? So you can't just remember it because each bullet point comes with. A different range of like they have a uh, what's it called a sequence so he could punch once twice three times four times and then he goes back to the start right but then sometimes they put in like this guy's punching like seven times I had to dodge seven times out of the way and I'm just like this is crazy and it was super it kept me on my toes for sure I don't think it's heating because it's like I have to keep looking down at my notes and looking at the game looking down at my notes and just trying to make sure that I'm you know capturing everything and making sure that um I'm actually paying attention to the game and not the notes at one point it's more of a balance and um I think that's really what takes it away but I guess once you get the pattern down it's kind of like all right this fight's easy you know after a couple getting times getting knocked out it it's like okay I could do this you know
0: Okay, what else is there? Can you describe what the the story, the characters, that stuff, what's that like?
2: So, yeah, so the character, <laughs> so Vanilla's the main character, and he's basically trying to, um, he's trying to move up in the ranks to basically fight their parody, Mike Tyson, which is Tyke Meissen, and, um, and become like, you know, uh, old god and the three g's or whatever and he's trying to just make sh- sure he's getting his his woman he's his money and like basically just become i guess the boxing god but like it's it's fun though because during the progression of um getting to the top you there's like the comic book parts where you get to watch like a lot of the cutscenes, and, and it's in a comic book panel format, which I really do enjoy the art of this game. They've got different sorts of pixel art, just not like one type. And then they have a comic book art, which is fully drawn um, illustrations, which I found like kind of cool. But uh, yeah, so you got Vanilla, which is voiced by Vanilla, I guess. And it's, um, it's really good voice acting. It's not cringe or anything. Like, at first I was kind of, it kind of threw me off. I was like, this guy wouldn't sound like that. But as it kept going, I was like, okay, like, I kind of like that. It's cool. And then you have, um, his name is Uck Paul, which he's like the trainer. And he trains you. He's like Scottish, like hard Scottish. He's going, like his accent is really funny. And he just changed you all the way to the top while making, you know, money off of uh, the fights and stuff like that. So, but yeah. It's
0: fun. So the obscene stuff. I imagine it's supposed to be a parody on the life of a boxer, where they got all this money and fame, and they are living. Let's just oh, yeah. call it the life.
2: Oh, yeah. it's 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 um it's definitely something. They have the uh, censored and uncensored version. So as soon as you're put into the game, they're like, you know, which what do you want to do? Are you streaming this game, or are you just playing for yourself? And like, I just, I went with the Uncensored Virgin because I was like, how bad could it be? It was bad. It was, like, a lot of stuff just thrown at you. And I was just like, oh, wow. Like, you're just thrown into, like, this club, the strip club, <laughs> where they're, like, you know, cocaine and all this stuff going oh, on.
0: Oh, yeah. They bring the drugs, too. Yeah, uh, okay. they'd
2: run in everything. Like, literally, his apartment is, like, this really crappy of a box apartment. And it's just, like, naked. Topless pixel girls in his bed And I'm just like okay Alright well I'll just go fight or something um, <laughs> Which is like it's, Again you can like Kind of dismiss it um, If you're not into it play the censored version um, If you're into it Play the uncensored version
3: <laughs> Nice that they have an option Not everybody oh, yeah. does
2: Yeah I'm glad they had an option Because I saw a lot of like Different people Um, saying like yeah this needs an option and they do have it and you can um, people are going to be streaming it I know they are and hopefully they don't have it uh, uncensored
3: gonna lose some Twitch payouts (laughs) (laughs) for sure
0: (laughs) very much so alright that is uh, Vanilla Beast what what was the subtitle now I'm confused again what was the subtitle
2: the subtitle Vanilla be- yeah, vanilla
0: beast, whatever knockout. Oh, something. vanilla
2: right. beast retro knockout
0: Red- or retro KO. Retro KO. Okay. Yeah. Not to be confused with whatever I called it, vanilla beast. <laughs> whatever it was. um
3: Not with that other vanilla. <laughs> not with the other vanilla.
0: No. Yeah, now I'm now I'm kind of okay. So was Ace in the Hole the one before this,
3: or? Yeah, that one was a lot more provocative, and it was like a like pixel shooter almost. It was oh, a so lot more
2: provocative.
3: It. You played it, David? No, I did not. <laughs> Funny enough, my very own Adam Marino streamed it <laughs> <laughs> and is featured on the Kickstarter page streaming it. <laughs> oh. Okay.
0: Uncensored then, or censored? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do not know. it's <laughs> <laughs> ah, a good response, David. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start calling you Minister David now whenever we talk about <laughs> subjects like these. <laughs> all right that was vanilla beast all right uh let's bring back the wheel see what it gives us wheel all hail the fortune (laughs) oh all right we're going to new york looks like you are (laughs) up okay this is classified france 44
3: so is this a current telling of like war-torn france or like (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it, actually I didn't play anything They just showed live feeds That's all they did <laughs> The entire time
0: Okay, so let's, let's, let's talk about it
1: Yeah, so This was one of the two games um, I want to quickly and firstly shout out um, Teen 17 For being kind enough to Fly me out there and pay for my Lodging um, out of New York I got to go to a preview event um for a few games um only got a two-hour appointment window so i only got to preview two of them but the two that i played i really enjoyed um the first one i'm going to talk about is this classified 44 france france 44 so i was lucky enough um i was sitting there i just hopped in because it was sitting there there was no dev that i could see to you know, kind of introduce myself and be like, hey, can you kind of show me what we're doing here? It's just in there. So I started up. I hopped in mid-mission oh, and just started playing because everybody else was kind of chatting. I was like, okay, well, well, I'll see how far I can get. I'm horrible at strategy games. We'll see what I can do. And so I was pleasantly surprised at how in-depth it was um, because at first glance, this is very much, a lot of people are going to call this an XCOM clone. Hmm. For those who are familiar oh. with that, it's turn-based strategy.
0: That's not what I um, expected.
1: Not what I expected at all. Because <laughs> um, I was thinking maybe another like shooter, you know, kind of style with uh, being classified like a secret, you know, forces kind of shooter. But no, it's a strategy game, turn-based. It it's going to have it the bare bones, the same. I guess concept is an XCOM game with it being turn-based strategy. And that's about as far as it goes in terms of comparisons because classified is so much more in depth than a lot of the XCOM gameplay that I've seen. Um, and I got through a little bit into the first mission and all of a sudden I get a tap on my shoulder and this guy's like, Hey, how are you liking the game? I was like, Oh, you know, I'm really liking it. I'm trying to figure everything out. He's like, oh, did you play the tutorial? And I was like, I didn't see one on the screen. He's like, here, let me show you. And so I started talking. This is the CEO of Absolutely Games just <laughs> chatting with me. <laughs> and I was like, oh, hey. So started talking to him, and we got to do a pretty good, like, 10-minute talk about this game. And he kind of showed me a lot of the things and, you know, ideas that they're implementing. So premise at the forefront is – This is supposed to be a telling of a allied forces and French resistance, um, I guess, sequence of missions to suppress the German forces during World War II. You're leading up to D-Day and your goal is to kind of liberate areas of their map. The more areas you liberate, the, the more likely that this version of D-Day will be a success. <laughs> the less you are li- able to liberate and rescue and whatnot, the less likely it will be that D-Day will be a success. So that's the premise for the story mode. There's lots of different uh, main objectives that you'll go through. And then there's also like optional missions and, or I guess objectives during each mission would be the proper way to say it. And doing those bonus objective missions helps boost not only morale, it gives you bonus gear, extra supplies because you're basically controlling four characters. Each have their own story, background personality. Um, you have the medic, you have the sniper, the shotgun, the the main assault rifle guy. They all have their own unique personalities, but you can also send optional troops to do other like off-screen missions. And doing side objectives can help boost the probability that those will succeed. And so moving into the actual gameplay, like I said, it's turn-based strategy. You have action points, like is commonplace in mini games. It costs action points to move, to do certain skills this the you know that hasn't you know gone in depth the thing that I really liked that added the depth that I was mentioning is they have this really cool thing called the morale system each character and each enemy type that you come into contact with has morale and talking with James he wanted it to kind of resemble real life how if you and another person are laying down covering fire and you're constantly putting pressure on a certain enemy, his morale is going to be kind of weaker because he's getting pressured. And then if you sneak around and flank him from the side, that's going to boost your morale. So the morales give you bonuses and also have certain gameplay advantages and disadvantages. Um, One of the ones he talked about is if you have a, character that you're suppressing. So you you put some shots into him and he's behind cover. If you flank that character and shoot him from behind while he's suppressed, you have a much higher percentage chance that each bullet will crit. So things like that. And for instance, if you're suppressed, you have less chance that your shots will actually hit because you're suppressed. You're getting, you know, fire on you stuff like that. So, it almost brings a little bit of that realism into the game and adds a lot more strategical, I guess, gameplay for me. I was constantly thinking, okay, do I need to focus on just going at right damage for this guy or bringing down morale, boosting my morale, things like that. Um, Friendly fire is also a thing I found out. Uh, That's interesting. (laughs) Yeah. He's, that's one of the things he wanted to add to it. um, Because, you can kind of, especially on shotguns and other weapons, snipers kind of have just a single line that you can see where your bullet's going to go. Shotguns, it kind of has the the cone, if you will, that expands out. And you actually will have non-dialogue uh, text, voice lines from your teammates that are like, hey, buddy, please don't aim this way. You know, like, I'm in your line of fire. So little things <laughs> like that, and they'll actually... They won't pop up as text dialogue. There'll be hints that if you have a headset on or if you're through the game out of, you'll hear them giving hints, you know, we got a guy flanking left, things like that, that I appreciate as a nice little touch. But um, he said it was one of the things they wanted to add realism and in depth that way it's not just an XCOM clone. Uh, talking about whenever he created the company and this project they wanted to do is he, he liked XCOM. He liked the genre, but there wasn't really anything big in terms of world war II that he knew about. And he wanted to take that turn-based strategy, you know, over the top genre and go as far in depth as he could with gameplay mechanics, Um, stealth options stealth missions stuff like that so i i really like this game and i'm not a huge strategy guy the biggest strategy i'll do is like fire emblem (laughs) that's that's generally my wheelhouse Uh, but playing it definitely made me like it a lot more Um, i appreciate it too there's three modes there's a campaign mode Which, you know, you'll play through ranking up factions, uh, trying to bring as many people onto the allies side as you can before D-Day hits. Um, There's a challenge mode, which is individual missions with very specific objectives that you must do in order to beat it. They're not just side objectives. They're checkboxes of conditions that you must meet for each, um, I guess, mission. And then the last one is they actually have their own Create-A-Map feature that you can customize your own levels. And they're hoping to be able to take those that you make and expand on them and do more things with them by learning what people are able to do from the Create-A-Map, which I think is really cool. They're kind of letting he's wanting to see what the community can do and then maybe get ideas from that and talk with them about implementing them. So overall, if you like turn-based strategy, definitely look into this one, wishlist it. <laughs> um, it goes a lot more because I could talk all day about the point system, the upgrade system that you can get different perks and Text boxes of, hey, you have this increased percentage accuracy, this decrease range, stuff like that. That all goes into effect whenever you're lining up shots, taking cover, throwing grenades, stuff like that. Um, Hopefully they'll put out a demo. I don't know if they have or not, but I definitely would. It's one you want to take some time with to sit down and really sink your teeth into. Because, trust me, it has a very... It has multiple levels of depth. <laughs> Just in, you think with only controlling four characters, it gets very tactical very quick. So,
0: yeah. Speaking of the four characters, I was wondering, does it? F- uh, I don't know how much story the the game gets into in terms of what the four characters go through, but uh, does it feel like? it benefits from having less characters.
1: Yes. I, I like the four characters, um, which I'm glad you, cause I just remembered um, him talking. Um, one of the things he also done different in XCOM, like how you have, you know, you lose a, a character, like you can have a replacement come in. Like you can have replacement units and stuff like that. And this, if your guy goes down, he can he'll almost kind of do the the Fortnite, you know, battle royale thing where he falls down and he can't do anything. Um, you can go and revive him. You have like two or three turns, depending on which character it is. Some can revive from afar, some have to be up close. If you can revive them, they're back in the fight. If not, they actually will retreat back to base and they won't be happy. <laughs> they will have, you know, some lowered stats, some increased like adrenaline stuff like that so it's you you have to be very careful on where you place people and what abilities each person has and you you have to take that into account because if you have you know you don't want your medic to be flanked because you wasn't paying attention and then at that point you have no chance of you know safely rezzing any of your allies So they all do a lot more. It's kind of the less is more where you have less units, but each unit does more things, has more abilities. Um, I didn't get to delve too much into it um, in terms of specific abilities besides the, the medic, the sniper, you know, their baseline, they had a bunch of different ones, but I got maybe 20 minutes in this thing and the rest was a 20 minute conversation with James (laughs) So um, I did, I'm hoping to get him on here in the future. He said he would love to hop on and talk about Classified with us. Hey, so there you go. I'm, I'm working for that the up. people. Yep. In the future. So we will hear hopefully more about this in the future.
0: All right. Anything from anybody else?
3: That's just really cool. I didn't expect uh, XCOM style. Um, so that's that's really neat.
2: Sounds fun, honestly. Uh, I know there's another game kind of like an XCOM. I don't want to say XCOM copy. Uh, Is it Aliens? Dark Descent? Uh, Yeah, that
3: one plays similarly.
2: Yeah. Uh, I like those kind of games, honestly.
0: All right. That is Classified France 44. Look forward to that. All right, let's bring back the wheel. See what it gives. Am I going back
1: to back? Let's go. <laughs>
0: yep. <laughs> oh. 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 <laughs> we are here.
2: <laughs>
0: Microsoft versus the FTC. Uh, David, you normally handle the news. Do you want me to take this one? Forgot to ask you beforehand
3: uh it doesn't matter to me whichever you're so tired of it, it. <laughs> you know I'll take it, i've I'll talked take about it. it so much <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right so there was a, a finally a verdict with this uh the california judge jacqueline scott corley ruled uh basically that microsoft has not shown a likelihood it will prevail on its claim this particular vertical merger, I'm, I'm reading the quote, may substantially lessen competition. So Microsoft won versus the FTC. Um, basically, now the uh, not the but Microsoft is focused on the CMA back in the UK, trying to convince them that hey, let us uh, let us have this merger uh, be a thing in the UK. And they have until July 18th to convince the CMA of that. Uh, it is maybe possible that uh, should whatever Microsoft proposed to the CMA be uh, I guess worth looking at that the merger might be able to go through um, Oh no, I'm thinking about America. There's so many little details. But out here, uh, the FTC did file an appeal to Microsoft's victory. Microsoft still might be able to close the deal out uh, should it take too long after the deadline, which is uh, July 20 something. I don't remember off the top of my head. Again, lots of numbers, but (laughs) basically Microsoft is in a good position right now. The FTC is on the back foot. In fact, it came out that uh, the courts are Wondering why in the world FTC is appealing because they have been so bad at trying to stop all these mergers. They are 0-4 brought up by the courts. So um, this seems like a stall tactic by the FTC. So to Microsoft, I am sure it is all about getting this done with the CMA. So there's a few things specifically that I... Is interesting it came out that after nearly 1 million documents this is what it was said 1 million documents Microsoft was consistent in saying that Call of Duty was not going to become exclusive so we probably had our own feelings about whether um, Call of Duty would have became exclusive or not we've discussed this on the podcast so was there ever any doubt Dominic you're new to this we haven't heard your thoughts on this was there any doubt for you that Call of Duty was not going to be exclusive or going to be exclusive?
2: Uh, well, I mean, I know that um, like the Xbox Game Pass is both on Xbox and uh, PC, so like I don't, I don't think that Call of Duty was gonna become an exclusive. I mean, that would that would make a lot of people mad. <laughs> like I, I don't particularly much so. indulge in Call of Duty. Uh, but I have a lot of friends that that's all they play. And if that was gonna become an exclusive it would be an uproar. So I don't think I don't think they will wanna piss off their fans. So
0: fair point. Uh David know it y'all play Call of Duty. So yeah.
3: uh, I mean it, it really boils down to that whole thing of just uh, it makes f- no financial sense, especially when you're already running one of the bigger games out there in Minecraft cross platform, and it it just doesn't make sense. That's the biggest thing. Like like Dominique said, you're just ticking off people, it, almost for the sake of ticking them off. You're probably you're not gaining more revenue <laughs> by doing it. Uh, if anything, you're you're just straight up losing it. Um, Call of Duty is not going to convince someone. To sell their console and go and buy a an Xbox so they can play it on Game Pass. So you might as well just straight up double dip and make people pay for it on PlayStation. Yeah. Simple enough. And as far as the courts go, I could have made better arguments. Because all they did was sit there and talk about Sony the whole time. It doesn't matter. Show how show how it can harm the consumers in the future. Don't, don't sh- focus on, Oh, it's going to hurt Sony. Who cares? It's about the consumer and, and what it does for them. Uh, we get the, you know, Sony's helping you with some of this stuff, but you got to stop worrying about them and start worrying about the matter at hand, which is, you know, can Microsoft go 10 years from now, pull these some games from platforms, meaning it is harming consumers and then raise the price of game pass even higher, harming more consumers. So it doesn't matter how good of a deal is. It's less of a deal. We, we had that discussion about Game Pass going up in price. And that was kind of our, our sentiment. It's not necessarily that Game Pass is a bad deal at $17. But it's not as good as 15 <laughs> <laughs> No. So that, that it, it's just... I, I could have pulled better arguments out of my butt than the FTC did. So it, it was obvious that they just were woefully unprepared... And did not have people that understood gaming. There, I mean, the the way the judge even talked, the judge thought that everybody had like a two thousand dollar PC to play Call of Duty
1: on, in the world. <laughs> yeah. So.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um. There was no doubt. Um, <laughs> Phil has said multiple times that you know he wants to bring gaming gamers together and you're not going to take the biggest one of if not the biggest online multiplayer games and split the fit you know it, it's just it was never going to happen it was there was no shot it doesn't make sense like would say financially or intellectually <laughs> it makes zero sense um mm-hmm. to do that double dip the the only thing that would have that will probably come out if this deal goes through is that we'll probably get master chief as a bundle for the operator skin. That's, that's literally <laughs> it. Nothing better else than Nicki Minaj. Exactly. And, you know, continuing on the, uh, the whole FTC court thing, um, the, the FTC should have no place making decisions on this kind of stuff it's become evidently clear if you have no knowledge and it's clear that none of your people have knowledge about this industry and how it works, you shouldn't be making decisions as big and impactful as this. Um, but yeah. There, it they was not going to go exclusive or anything like that. We would have got master chief, maybe, you know, <laughs> Yeah, well, their Marcus again, comes big, in, you yeah. know, as an operator bundle. That's it, guys. Their, their <laughs> it, it's really that was simple
3: they kept making it all about Call of Duty. Uh, they should have made it about the other act. I mean, Diablo, Overwatch. Oh. Like, you've got to make it into well, obviously, Call of Duty is important, but what about these other games? What about Blizzard's this this new IP that they're hiring for? What about the next Infinity Ward game that they're working on? Supposedly, this uh, more. Even the shooter RPG kind of thing that supposedly is being worked on. Like, what about these games? Are they gonna be exclusive? This is where you start getting into these are you hurting consumers questions and they were just asking the wrong questions. It just it was just pure ignorance. And now we're gonna have to wait to see all this stuff with the court them appealing, which the court the judge has already denied the motion, but they can still get a they can still get a stay technically. It's just the judge is denied from their side. So, and then we've got stuff with the CMA with different things. It's just such a long drawn out process that's still drawing out and it's just tiring. Very, I, I, I yeah. do. I do think one fun thing is, I don't think we discussed it, but is that Phil Spencer did not commit to, um, elder scrolls being on a specific console said that they haven't made that decision yet. So, just a very, very interesting. It's a, it's just still a very interesting thing, even if it's like Phil, you literally just not saying things, like I, because I'm pretty sure he's even said somewhere that Elder Scrolls is going to be exclusive, uh, or at least said everything, but it's not. It's going to be exclusive. So. I think that was a pretty interesting tidbit, and then apparently they paid a bundle for to Disney for Indiana Jones exclusivity to break the contract.
0: Oh, I didn't read that one. Okay, well,
3: it was it. Did, it's come up through other sources, so sure.
0: Okay, yeah, I don't have so. The FTC, they were wrong in so many different ways, but I don't have a problem with them trying to come at it from the business perspective. They they want to see about the monopoly issue, but the problem is the, obviously they didn't do their homework, or at least didn't do enough homework. They also followed Sony, uh, they they followed Sony's lead too much, and you know we kept making the argument that with Sony and the CMA Sony is just throwing stuff out there and the CMA is taking it. But at the end of the day, the CMA totally threw us off with their verdict of like, Oh, it's the cloud. Oh wait. Oh, okay. Didn't see that one coming, but you could tell the difference. Like, okay, the CMA clearly looked into these things. They looked at the markets, they did their research and they came to a conclusion. Granted I don't think it was a good conclusion, because yes, cloud really isn't anything right now, and it probably won't be in the future, uh, at least if with current internet, but at least it was a more informed decision. You could tell it's like, yeah, Sony's saying their stuff, but at the end of the day, it didn't really stick. With the FTC, they were like, oh yeah, we're gonna bite all these apples. Let's, let's go with this, this sounds great. None of it held up, which we, On this podcast and several other sources definitely knew wasn't going to work so that i don't know what that says about the ftc and america (laughs) but uh you know it is almost over i'm hoping by next (laughs) year they can at least close no, there's. I'm just it.
3: waiting for the. And here comes this country with a chair, really like, kind of thing. Road. Yeah, this is. <laughs> we're about to get some WWE crap, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, let's bring the wheel back. The wheel. We got three topics left. Let's see what we get. Uh, He's excited to talk about it. Warhammer 40k or 40,000 bolt gun. I have seen both of them (laughs) written in different ways. I don't know what the official is, but David, go for it. That's
3: because I've been having fun with bolt gun. Uh, If you want to roll the tape, Uh, bolt gun is okay. Easiest way to describe this. And you're watching it on the, on the screen here. It's doom. (laughs) Like, old-school Doom is essentially what is going on here. And it is just great. Like, it, it's got all the kind of newfangled feel to it in the sense of it. it isn't clunky. There's nothing about it where it just feels like it, it doesn't... I'm trying to think of the best word, that it doesn't belong in today. Like, it, it feels like just they took the palette of what Doom is and they made it work in a nice, just crisp package. So the sounds are great. There's a lot of that old-school sound that you get, get in Doom with it, uh, like shooting your weapons. So when you're walking around, you're hearing the stomp of your feet. So uh, th- there is no sliding in this. It, that is a very sad thing. Uh, But there's a lot of bouncing around. Uh, Noah probably is watching this and getting like COD vibes of me jumping around a corner, shooting at people (laughs) with the way. But like you even see at the end of that animation where I jump and I hit the ground, there's the stomp kind of effect, the the landing. Like it it just it's satisfying to do to shoot (laughs) all these things and see if it shows here. You do have your Warhammer sword which is awesome. <laughs> so oh, you wow. just tear things apart. It's just visceral.
0: <laughs> it looks like a chainsaw. Yep, your chainsword. Like it, it would look like if Gears of War were this before it became like its three-dimensional version. You know, and like and there are some similarities
3: with Gears of War, which I believe our editor-in-chief, Ron Burke, actually has a... He actually has one of those swords, <laughs> like like a replica at home. So mm-hmm. he'll have to change a gun. Yeah. On one. Well, of, of Red, the like Warhammer that. weapon. Oh, the Warhammer gun. Oh, Okay. Yeah, Cause he's a big Warhammer fan, but like I said, this is just like, a, it's very repetitive, which obviously doom back in the day was very repetitive. You run around environments, you blast up creatures, uh but we're all looking for just a good palate cleanser when we play video games and this is a really good palate cleanser because there's not so much going on that I have to be thinking about things all the time. I, I admittedly played this on a lower difficulty, so you're gonna notice that I I just live through a lot of different things. Uh, but you shoot things, you pick up little health things. Uh, they have I'm not familiar with some of the different terms in 40k, but there's contempt that you pick up, and that's your shields essentially. Um, cause for a while I was like, why can't I pick up health? I was like, oh, it's because this is a shield. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, it, and then you just, again, you just continue, just run around. And as you can see what you're with, what you're watching, everything just moves very crisp. It, it feels very good when you're playing it. Uh, all the times I was doing things, I was having a lot of fun with it. Um, one thing that's interesting is they do weapon swaps are all on the D pad. And that's just a little odd to me because I I use a PC controller and it it defines it as a Y press, the the top button triangle for PlayStation users. Uh, When you press that, it does not weapon swap. Instead, your guy just yells some like, uh, I am here to kill the unbelievers or something like that kind of thing, (laughs) given the whole Warhammer idea with everything. And I'm not sure what that does or what the point is, (laughs) but it happened. Uh, Right here's when I backed into the chainsaw and got the chainsaw or not chainsaw, shotgun, not chainsaw. I don't know. Chainsaw in the brain, I guess. Uh, Very satisfying to use just as the Doom shotgun is. But you can see art style. I love, I just love the pixely art style to everything. Uh, When you move around objects, it's the flat objects that, turn to you as you as you move past them so it's just really really cool this was fun I managed to get that secret up there the other thing the game doesn't really do is it doesn't always tell you what the secret does like sometimes it's a limited thing sometimes it's like a permanent I, I guess boost or something like that to maybe your damage or something and I'm not sure if it continues through the levels but everything's pretty much go to go to an area, try to find a key to get yourself to the next area. All of it's really, this really easy. Line of health. Yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> yeah. You can tell room. I'm playing on low difficulty because it's just like here. In case for some reason you have not survived, <laughs> there's some good tunes in the background too as you're playing. Just the they've got a good soundtrack to it. But just I love the. the f- I go ahead.
0: I was gonna say the. For all those people out there who just love to love graphics so much, I'm like this is one of those games. It's like, see, you don't need crazy looking graphics. Like this looks fun, and it looks old at the same time, but uh, yeah. in, in the best ways.
3: It, yeah, and it's not old in the sense of this doesn't like look dated. It looks like a version of this game from 2023, like a version of Doom that's from 2023. So it, it like looks, still looks good. It, it looks the best that this form can look. So it's more almost like art comparatively.
2: Yeah, I I really enjoy just looking at it because again, <laughs> I, I enjoy like pixelated, um, pixelated art forms and this does look like a very polished version of what an old, I guess Doomist game could look like. I I'm enjoying seeing like the little item drops, and it's very fun to look at. I say.
3: Uh, I'm just getting a laugh because I'm watching myself bounce in between <laughs> doorways, and it's just giving me Call of Duty vibes of how I play that game. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's uh the To me, nice. it looks like. The way we actually thought Doom looked when we first played it.
3: Yes. <laughs> I mean, is- and, and that's a super high compliment because the thing is, what I've always said about like remakes, for instance, uh, is that I want to play this and feel like I did when I played it years ago. That is my pretty much my rule uh, of thumb. And some games do that, and some remakes or remasters are just so like it's like oh I'm playing the game I played back then it is this is not good <laughs> it, 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 cuz you feel the age off of it um but then something like this it's like yeah it's it's old but this is like so crisp and just it doesn't it doesn't lack detail like this this isn't just we wanted to make a game that we could <clears throat> Make an easy buck on, and not have to put work in. It feels like work was put into this game.
0: Yeah, uh, I like the the synergy between what moves in a pixelated form and what doesn't. There are yeah your your movement the gunshots uh the uh the projectiles that come at you all that is real smooth but yes. then death animations your reload your hand animations things like that are all super pixel like uh you know low frame rate kind of movement and it it doesn't rub the wrong way like it be no. new exactly what to make low frame low frame rate and everything else is 60 or you know whatever the case may be. Yeah. I don't even know it's, how they pulled that off. <laughs> like multiple frame rates inside a game like this. This is
3: weird. Yep. And they this is a super inexpensive game. I think it's like 22 bucks. It is all they're charging for it and I mean to me something like this is is well worth it just cuz again, it's that different style that you're not you don't play these kind of games all the time unless you just main Doom 1 and 2. So it's just a really nice little palette cleanser is the way that I look at it. I don't don't think it does anything like way better than any other game out there. It's not going to compete with anything AAA, but man, is it not fun to play.
0: (laughs) Nice. All right. That is Warhammer 40K Boltgun. Uh, looks like a good one I like it oh
3: yeah
0: <laughs> the wheel has returned let's spin Woo! it
3: see if Anthony finally gets to talk
1: <laughs> not looking nope. that soon, my guy. <laughs> I'm going to close it Noah, out Noah. Yeah, Get
0: to go. moving out to I can't I can't wait to hear your thoughts about this one because moving out was pretty fun so uh, Noah take it away
1: yeah, so buckle up. Um, it's it's a game where you move out, and you move out lots of stuff. Um, I no, yeah, it's crazy. Um, I so shock, shocking revelation. I guess I never played the original Moving Out. I it didn't intrigue me with its premise. I was like, I don't want to move out in real life. Why would I want to do it in a video game? So I never <laughs> touched it. Uh, went in was talking to the dev and they're like, Oh, you didn't play the first one? I was like, Yeah. They're like, Well, buckle up. And so I got to do a two player co-op with another journalist there who loves the series, was super, you know, excited. And they're like, let's pair the one who's never played with the one who's <laughs> played it a lot and see what chaos um, you know ensues. And I walked away putting it on my wish list (laughs) i'm super (laughs) excited for this game it is so much fun Uh, you have a smile on your face the entire time you're playing because of all the wacky fun and like all of the puns and the you know comedic dialogue and moments um all the characters are really you know wacky is the best term like it's such a hard thing to describe like how they do character design. And I was asking, I was like, how do you guys come up with all this? So like we honestly just think of something that makes us laugh and we go ask the art team to put it into the game. <laughs> and so <laughs> I thought that was really great. Um premise game basically it kind of continues a lot of the same things from the first one. You have different levels and the goal is to move certain items or objects out and into the loading area, whether it be a trailer, um, you know, a zone, anything like that. Uh, and talking with them, I was like, well, what, what's the biggest thing that you guys have done differently in this one than from the first iteration. And they said they wanted to evolve the game, not only in gameplay, but in achievements and challenges. Um, and that didn't mean going more complex in a lot of areas that actually meant simplifying some areas. So for instance, in the first game for each level, there are time challenges where you want to try and get done as quickly as possible. And in the first game you had three stars, um, that you could do this. There is only pro time and just the regular, Time that you complete it. There, it's a specific time that if you get that, you get the pro. If not, so there's, they said they got feedback from some players where it didn't really feel good being like, oh, I can only get, you know, the silver star, you know, and so they wanted to kind of simplify that, only have one goal for the time. And then uh, some of these side objectives, they took feedback from the ones that players didn't really like as much or did, felt wasn't as rewarding to do, evolved those. In which, um, going through and talking, I, I really like their mindset when it came to that. And so, you might be asking, what's what's this level? So, they've evolved. It, kind of towards the end of the first game, they went to space. This, they're going to different realms almost. So you had different themes of different levels. Some are um, fantasy, magical. Some are futuristic. Um, this one is very food themed. So they have different um, styles that they have their levels based around. And what's really cool is the challenges uh, for the puzzles for those that you know may not be unaware. One of the big things is each level has different puzzles and they're not very difficult puzzles, but it's little things that you have to think about getting stuff from room to room all that sort of stuff. The going through talking with them. I really like this. This was one of my favorite parts of the discussion. Cause I, I just, <laughs> I ate up every word they said. So the, cause I think it's little things that just make sense when you think about it that I don't think a lot of other dev teams do. So each world or level, I should say the challenges and the way that they come up with the puzzles and mechanics to move the objects they tried to theme it with the world. So for instance, like there's some magical fantasy themed levels, which you saw one earlier, the portal system. They wanted portals magic. They wanted that to go together, which I think is really cool. Um, like this one, for instance, a very housey roomy The one that was just shown. If you're watching, they have it where only certain doors can only open one specific way. And so they wanted it to become a the more you go through the doors, you start to memorize the paths. which being in a big house, you kind of do that as you if you live in, a you know, in a house for a long time. Even if it has a bunch of rooms, you learn to memorize how to get, you know, from room to room. So that I really appreciate it because that's just a little detail that I don't think goes into games enough is making stuff make sense <laughs> um, in terms of. Pairings, I should say. Um, I just I had a ton of fun. Uh, they they laughed at me playing um, because I, from my retail experience, I'm very NCO, neat, clean, organized in placing things. So while my uh, <laughs> companion was out there struggling to lift some of the objects that required two people to carry, I'm back in the trailer. <laughs> Organizing and placing <laughs> things how I wanted them to make sure that everything was you know fit nice and perfectly. They did say I was the neatest person that has play tested the game so far, so I, I'm very <laughs> uh, proud of that. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's so fun to play. Um, I believe there's a demo out on Steam, and I believe the Switch too. Um, David and I always talked about it's hard to sell somebody on VR. Go play it. This game, go play the demo. I had so much fun. Um, They're bringing online to this one, which was one of the biggest things of feedback that they got from the first one. They wanted online gameplay. So that's coming in. Go download the demo. And I think most people will be as sold on it as I am (laughs) because it's so fun. The goofy characters, the dialogue, I, I can't say enough good things. I was very surprised at how much I enjoyed it. And I can't wait for it to uh, come out so I can play it. I, I actually, in fact, downloaded it from the, because the first one's on the PlayStation, like extra tier or whatever is part of the bundle thing. I'm, I've am i downloaded that and I'm going to go for the plat. So <laughs> that, that's how much I've He's enjoyed. He's going to get ready. <laughs> I am preparing to move. He's already been practicing screaming pivot. So, um, Oh, that's that. He's like every, every team that we have put says pivot. I, I guess that's like the most universally, like, you know, known call out from moving out is pivot. Um, what's the joke from friends. That's oh Yeah. That's what I mean. It's just like, he's like, everybody called out pivot. He's like, not one team (laughs) didn't call out pivot. Um, Yeah, they were, they were great guys. Um, really enjoy chatting it up with them so yeah definitely uh definitely having some fun
0: i could concur i played the first moving out I did absolutely (laughs) such a fun game that is a game i want to play with my wife because i too would want to see how she handles putting everything together because she is the uh ultimate neat clean person in our house and uh that is a game where especially in the first one where you got time limits and stuff. Oh no. You just <laughs> rode the TV in the truck. It
3: just, just has <laughs> to go. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Nope. They ain't got no time. We got we gotta move. We gotta get this stuff out of here. Grab the refrigerator. Come on. Don't don't think about it. Just grab it, throw it in there.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, I can't. Uh, it's so good. Um and then there was... oh the also I talked about um their level design and stuff with how they do some of the puzzles. Um, Because the number of objects required does scale for however many people you have playing. Um, And so I was like going into the different level designs and puzzle mechanics, like how, how in depth did you guys want to go? And he talked about them coming up with the idea of, if two people cannot communicate like don't communicate, they can complete it pretty, you know give it some time and they'll be fine if they don't communicate. But they wanted some of these puzzles to require not require, but if you verbally communicate because some stuff you'll want to do call outs for, it will significantly improve your time callouts. <laughs> yeah, I was like that's weird to think doing callouts. He's in out. Red
3: Hall. He's in Red Hall.
1: Blue blue yeah, blue blue. Like there. literally, like um kitchen, kitchen. Cuz there is um a futuristic I guess level design where um you're actually controlling a robot droid almost and you're having to call out which pathway you're going to break these blocks in to your um player companion who is carrying an object that if they go a certain way that you're not going to you get shocked electrocuted and you have to start over so little things like that i really like um yeah such a blast i go play the demo like i said we
0: should uh we should just all play it for the podcast together just (laughs) get on there (laughs) (laughs) show the insanity Sounds all right. yeah uh all right that is moving out to the other game noah got to see yep. oh, that was uh, in new york right that's why you yep, were there that was, yep, yep that was
1: both games that i've talked about um tonight were are being published by team 17 they are fantastic folks um love them to death uh scott and Abe, katie they're all fantastic um And then I also want to really quickly shout out the devs for moving out SMG studio and dev M games. Those guys are hilarious. Um, Great to talk to. So go hit them up, check out all their other projects and stuff. They're, they're good people. Funny too. Very funny. So Uh,
0: when you come up with stuff like moving out, you you gotta, you gotta be funny.
1: They, They had to talk with um, PR because the test level, like the way the build we were playing was an earlier build. And the they're like, we're so bored when we're coming up with test level names. It's like green door goes to blue vent one. Like, and then, yeah. so they have to go to PR <laughs> and they're like, how we need help. Like, what can we say and stuff? And so PR are like, it's so funny. Them talking about like the things that you don't really think about, like naming specific levels. Cause they're like, yeah, this person came up with a pun one day while eating lunch, and we named our level after it. So, they're great people.
0: Nice. All right. There's only one left. What oh, wow. On? Spinning. Yep. <laughs> Let the record play. Let it be known that it is a space for the Unbound. All right, let me close the. Oh, I'll just close it. Um, play the footage before I get started so I don't forget to run the footage. As David always gets on me about Uh All right. I do. So, I do. Yeah. You got to show the stuff. All right. So, a, a space for the Unbound. This is developed by Mojikin and published by Toge Productions. If you are familiar with Coffee Talk, Toge Production published that. So,. If you're already familiar with that, you have an idea of the possible quality of a game like A Space for the Unbound. It is a visual novel. Corvo Rower, friend of the podcast, been on here a few times, writer at Gaming Trend. He reviewed this game and he gave it a 100 back in January. This game's been out for a while. He loved it. He absolutely loved it. It is a visual novel game. I don't play those much. It's not because I don't like them. It's just not the genre that pops up immediately for what I, what I typically play. So I was doing uh, the Watchlist series before I stopped doing that. This one popped up, and I was like, oh, this actually looks like potentially good. So I put it on there. I got the chance to play it. And uh, it is unexpectedly my game of the year right now so far mm-hmm. over diablo 4 oh, wow. uh over and Hi-Fi, hi-fi rush, rush.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah uh out of the f- i think 15 games that i've played including diablo 4 and hi-fi rush uh street fighter 6 haven't gotten far enough yet but uh so far it is it, it's it's freaking good okay the the story is amazing the concepts that they have for the mechanics are fun and they work for the game very well so basically you're you play as a high school kid who befriends a little girl probably elementary school i don't know couldn't tell but maybe middle school but they find commonality in the fact that they are both writers high school kid wants to be a writer this little girl wants to also write stories so they become friends Uh, You know they're they're type of two people that they feel out of place, and so that that is where they join up and become friends, and that is the commonality that they have. (laughs) Um, I won't get too much into I won't get into any spoilers, but uh, to set up what the story is, I I will mention at least what is available in the prologue on Steam. You can you can play the prologue that is that is the demo. Um, So basically. They're out on the dock. Storm's about to come. Girl wants to go do something in the water, across the water or whatever. It gets stuck. Boy tries to save girl. Dock breaks. Boy starts sinking in water. Next thing you know, he ends up in high school. <laughs> he's, in the, he's in a classroom. And from there, it just gets weird. It is a very weird game, but all the weirdness completely makes sense. It is a very emotional game it touches on some very heavy themes even though it is high school and like middle school type of stuff it's not written in a way where you feel like oh this is written for high schoolers or the middle schoolers like, it's very much written where adults can enjoy it as well it's like the kid movie that you go, you know, like a happy feat. Like they insert some grown-up jokes in there to keep the, the them happy. That's what this is. It's it's certainly not written in such a way where it's like, Oh, this is this is too plain. No. It's it's very complex at times. The metaphors are you really gotta think about them. Um, I would argue the themes, they're so heavy at times. I would probably say. Like you got to be a junior in high school to start playing this because hmm. some stuff becomes is is very real like you feel it and it's like ah eh, some people some some little ones younger ones probably wouldn't be too good at <laughs> processing some of the things that they're talking about. or they or they might identify with them a little too much um but at the same time it was weirdly therapeutic playing through the game because they do such a good job of relaying the feelings and, um, processing them throughout the story. So uh, it's so good. I'm I'm sorry. Like this is one of those where it's just like everybody loves the last of us story. I'm sorry. Like this does not compare. (laughs) Like this is so much better than something like that. Um, So what can you do in something like this Uh, visual novel, the mechanic, they have this thing called a space dive. And basically you open up this book and you can jump into the minds of people. It is, it reminds me of inception where you, you know, you, you get into their dream and you can kind of manipulate for lack of a better word, uh, the direction or the choices that they will, that they will make. Um, usually it's for, for the better of a situation or for the better of a person, not necessarily for like selfish gain or something, or it's like used to, uh, help somebody get through some emotional turmoil that they're going through or something like that. Um, so it's used in a good way, but that is what it is. It's very inception like, so there's the space dive and then there's cross dive, which going along with the inception reference, it's the dream within a dream. So you're space diving inside some of the the other space dive. So you space dive into one person then you space dive into some other character within the person's head. So now you've gone even deeper. And then there's Rift Dive, which is you're kind of crossing dimensions. So when I talk about this game as weird, like it does all kinds of stuff in it, but it all makes sense within what the story is. And um, I would say... The only downside is none of these things are done at your will. Everything is prompted. So every space dive that you could do, cross dive, it's all prompted. It's all sequenced. It is a visual novel game. So they're basically guiding you through the experience. But within the space dives, cross dives, whiff dives, there are mini games and puzzles you'll have to solve in order to untangle the emotions of these people. So they... Start out pretty easy. They end up, I wouldn't say like super difficult, but they do progressively get more difficult or at least thoughtful. So none of them are so tough where you'll get stumped for hours. More than likely some trial and error will will do the trick, but they are entertaining. They are fun. They are engaging. But the one thing I do like that I did not expect, first of all, there's combat but the way the combat is handled, and I don't know if other visual novels have done this, but you, you enter a combat sequence, and it kind of mimics a fighting game like Street Fighter, where you have to input commands to attack. And you're not actually playing a Street Fighter match in, in the sense of like you're moving back and forth and having to do active commands. There's just command prompts on the screen, and you have to enter them in the correct order before the time runs out. If you do, then you get to attack. So that was kind of an interesting mechanic because I just didn't expect that. I was like, oh, that's actually kind of an interesting way to introduce what fighting games do in a much more simplified visual novel style. And then for defense, it kind of does the Gears of War thing where you got this little meter and if you hit the sweet spot, you get to block the attack. If you don't, you, you don't block the attack. So that's kind of how they handle the combat. And in certain sequences, sometimes you have to hit, uh, you know, three sweet spots while the lever is moving back and forth, and it like it's the way the lever moves it like starts slow and then like speeds up and like slows down and speeds back up you know as it goes back and forth so it's it's not entirely easy, but I do feel like they give a little pixel buffer in it so it can feel a little easy at times but it it tests you a little bit, but again, none of the game is meant to like stump you it's maybe meant to make you think. Maybe you have to retry a thing or two, but they want you to progress through the story so it doesn't take forever and I like that I like that quite a bit the The biggest reason why I wouldn't be with Corvo with the one hundred one out out of one hundred is once you get the the premise of the story once they've made the point near the end, they kind of keep repeating the point at that at at the end, and it's like okay. I get this is where you're going. You don't have to keep repeating it. Some of the characters, they tend to... They want to finish out the stories of characters that helped move the story along, but n- weren't necessarily a part of the story or a huge, huge... Um, I I guess... Uh, they They weren't the main part. So it's like ending their arcs isn't necessarily pushing the story along i didn't feel connected completely to those characters i was completely engrossed with the main character and the girls involved those are the stories i cared about the other ones i'm like ah, okay we could just end those it's fine move on but the whole thing at the end i was like oh freak this what a great great metaphor for what this game talks about i don't even want to like get into what it is but you just got to play it it is it's not hard it's it's somewhat relaxed but it makes you think it makes you think um, so I really like a space for the unbound It's fantastic so that is that any questions comments
1: I've been I saw this game whenever it was announced i was like this looks because visual novels i appreciate and enjoy immensely and i was like this has the vibe that it could be really special and really good or it could be very forgettable um and i feel like it just shadow launched because i just don't remember you know people talking you know about how good it is and now hearing you two um or whenever you talk about it, then seeing corvo really loved it and stuff because i i apparently missed him dropping 100 on <laughs> i don't know how what i was doing i um, did not know either <laughs> i was like what because <laughs> i feel like <laughs> that with how good this game is a lot more people would be play this you know kind of mentality with it and so now now that i and seeing it and hearing your thoughts and stuff it's definitely another one to add to my ever-growing wish list um because if you're calling it you know game of the year over dabo or that that's some high praise so it's so good i i am like i said um i think gonna, did, did you play on pc or because it's on switch too right I think so. I think it okay. is. I think it'll be one for me. to Switch that way, I can take it on the go. But yeah, yeah, definitely gonna be adding it to mine because I now that I'm, you know, it's that magic that I thought it could be. It it's definitely intrigued me more now that uh now that I'm hearing some more about it.
0: Yeah, uh, one thing I meant I wanted to mention too. I forgot it, it's set in uh, I believe Indonesian culture, um, and so or Indonesia and. I like how you get a sense of what that place is. I wish they went deeper into it. it. It very much feels like you get a sense of what it is, but, and I think they did this on purpose, but I think they only went so far, so it feels like these, these kids in this slice-of-life kind of adventure thing feels like every other person across the world you know they don't feel so different that uh you know you got to learn a whole bunch of stuff about them and their culture and all this so you only get a, a real a little glimpse and i think it worked I, I i do wish i could see a little bit more but that's just because of my curiosity and interest in the culture but i think with artistically what they were trying to do make these kids feel like you know anybody can feel what these kids are feeling wherever you're at i think nailed that idea if that's what they were going for
1: yeah that's what i was going to ask if like and then you kind of answered you know the whole like you know indonesian like were there any thing that you picked up on that's like oh this this is definitely a reference to that culture like that culture would get this reference or this certain dialogue uh, or anything the the way the
0: school is you get a little sense of that. It feels very normal. Like there, there are a lot of senses where it's like, Oh, okay. Like they have libraries and, you know, like they do, they do these things, but, um, they have some music references, very short music references. They bring up that is It's like, Oh, this is the kind of music that, uh, they might listen to out there, or at least this is what it sounds like. So there, are little things like that. There's not a lot, which is what I was disappointed about. But I understand. I think I understand why they went in that direction. Because it, as I was playing it, I forgot it was set in a different country. But there were little reminders here and there. That's like, oh yeah, yeah. But the fact that I forgot is is a testament to the fact that yeah, anybody could go through this so um space for the unbound Developed by mojigan and published by toge productions
2: you, you said it was emotional did you like like have any like did you cry or tear up
1: or was it there-
0: nah but uh i don't cry over much but uh <laughs> he did
1: i saw him don't let him lie
0: ah. <laughs> no but it was it was in some ways like i said it, it felt therapeutic um it 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 made you think uh, about certain things. Uh, I I guess I will say this Um, is a story that touches on grief. That's about as far as I will go. Um, And it touches on it in a very mature, well-formed way. Uh, It is in some ways I would suggest brilliant in the way they, that that they lay it out. Uh, If you play it, talk to me about it afterwards (laughs) because like to discuss my thoughts on how all those things progress. But yes, no crying, crying. but it was, I I felt things, which I feel like that's what they wanted to do. So kudos to Mojiken. All right. That is all for this podcast. This is a good one. Very fun. Dominique, thank you for joining us
2: course same
0: time <laughs> all right uh that is it for us we will be back so talk to y'all later deuces